Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santhi Esteban, and I am your host for today. And we're here with Brandon McKee. He is the CEO of WinBig Media, and we're going to talk about having some great success with clients. I think that's perhaps at least what we'll start it off as, is creating customer success. They are a a marketing agency, and I'll let Brandon explain a little bit more about what they do, but someone who has created incredible success for their clients in a in kind of a win or lose kind of environment. So anyways, Brandon, thanks for hanging out with us and spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Hector. I'm excited, man. So I've had the fortune of kind of knowing your story a little bit or knowing where you come from, but take us back for the listeners and, and take us as far back as you think is relevant to all the way up to what you guys are, are doing now at Win Big and, and some of the success that you guys are having. Yeah, well, I'll go back to my days in the fitness industry because I think that kind of created the passion for what I'm doing now, honestly, man. So go back 12, 13 years. I started in sales and just a gym. You can kind of think of 40,000 square foot mom and pop kind of gym chain. And the owners started scaling and growing their gyms went from 11 to 58 um, in just a couple of years. So I had the the benefit of kind of growing with them and really doing every single job that you can do in a, in a health club or in the fitness space. Ended with my uh, fitness journey uh, as a more of a regional kind of managing several different facilities and was able to really kind of work in more of an acquisition space. So how do we go into a club, help fix it up and then make it profitable, right? And then kind of my goal was to move on to the next, right? So in that space, though, you run into marketing quite a bit. And I didn't know anything about marketing before I met Philip, Philip Stutz, who is the founder of WinBig. And about, gosh, maybe a year and a half after COVID hit, the clubs shut down, we reopened, kind of had to rebuild our business from scratch. Because you can imagine in, a, in the fitness industry, everything's touch. We come into the clubs, using the equipment, running, fitness, breathing heavy, right? So we closed down all our clubs. And as we were rebuilding it, we really were trying to rebuild everything from scratch, right? So marketing was included in that. And I just was astounded by what I saw as kind of a level of incompetence from some of our agencies that we were working with, even from an internal perspective. So funny enough, ended up meeting Philip, looking for something else, wanted to kind of get out of that industry and into something else. And me and Philip hit it off and ended up uh, running operations for Philip at WinBig Media and really just took a passion for these business owners that had no other good option. I mean, really, there's no agencies out there that are utilizing data in the way that we do at WinBig. And for me, it's just a no brainer. I mean, understanding your customer and knowing how they feel, what are their values, what are their psychological drivers makes a ton of sense. Nobody's doing it. And so I had been in that seat before as a business owner, just not necessarily understanding why my marketing wasn't working. I was frustrated. And now being able to sit in this seat and on this side and really helping all those owners or business owners, people in marketing roles help grow their business is just really awesome for me. So that's kind of where I came from and where I'm going, man. It seems like you have, at least in your articulation, kind of separated running this marketing company from the health and fitness, right? Or health clubs. But I'm curious, what has been the same that you've been able to transfer over? Or are there things that you're pulling over that are, you either feel are universal or if they're things that uniquely apply from going from the fitness space to marketing? 
Yeah, uh, cool question. And yes, there are absolutely things I think that uh, in any management role or leadership role uh, are kind of universal, in my opinion. And I think the big one is people and how you treat them and how you motivate people, frankly. Um, I'm a big believer in the why behind decision making. So one thing I learned very early on in my career is that if I took the road of I'm going to make these decisions, nobody's going to question me and it's my way or the highway. I wasn't going to be very successful. In fact, I had a a situation to this day that I remember where an employee looked in my face and said, hey, look, you're really smart, but people don't like you. And I just remember being taken aback. And it's very true, though. I mean, in business, I've learned you don't have to love everyone. You don't have to get a beer after work with your colleagues every time, but you do have to have their respect. And for me, that's been really pivotal at WinBig because we are a smaller agency. And when you're an agency that is in the 10, 20 plus employees, you have to really be strategic about how you talk to your employees, what you share with them and being transparent, in my opinion, is everything and how you lead them, right? And leading by example, asking for that feedback, getting collaborative with them. And so that's one thing I took from the fitness business. And and in those cases, I was managing hundreds of employees. And so it's been interesting to go from that and translate that into a whole different industry. But really, it's the same thing. It's just leading people, treating people well, and then they're going to take care of your customers for you. Yeah. And when you think about, you, know, you, you talked about it a little bit at the beginning in terms of doing things differently at WinBig. Yeah. What are, whether it's from a leadership or management perspective, or even operationals or fulfillment perspective, what are some of those things that you focus on that? Yeah, high level is, I would say we don't skip steps. And I'll explain that by kind of walking through the undefeated marketing system. It's our patented process that we follow. And ultimately, we utilize this five-step system to make sure that our clients achieve their success, achieve an ROI on their marketing spend, and ultimately gain more business and grow their businesses because of it, right? So it starts with the data. And that's where I, as I've studied the industry since I got in here, nobody's doing that, right? Everyone's throwing stuff against the wall, hoping it sticks, kind of a guessing game almost, even in the agency world, which is is shocking, right? You would think that we'd have this roadmap behind the scenes as to how we're going to market individual businesses in individual markets. But it's really just how much money can I throw into Facebook or how much money can I throw into Google PPC campaigns, right? And for us, it's really about understanding the customer first and frankly, understanding where they are because we've engaged with businesses before. A great example is an e-commerce business that we just engaged with and they are 85% Facebook in terms of all their advertising. And I had an inkling when we talked to them at first, but you know, I'm going to look at the data amongst everything else first. And what the data told us is that was the number four platform that they should have been advertising on, right? And so just by making a small change, forget about the dollars. If you're spending a million bucks a month or 10,000 bucks a month, you're going to see an immediate ROI jump just by advertising on the right platform. So that's the first step for us. Strategy is really important. Data goes to strategy. How does your data and understanding of your customer inform your strategy, right? What tactics are you going to employ? How are you going to create that pie chart where you're spending your advertising dollars to get the most bang for your buck? I use the word ad efficiency. So it's not about always spending more money. It's about taking what you are spending and making that more efficient. And obviously, all of this goes into the creative, the branding, Hector. I mean, that's 
uh, obviously a big thing we see too is does your creative, does your website, does your branding that's out there emulate what your customer wants to see and their values and their beliefs? If it emulates your values and beliefs, well, that's great, but it's not your customer, right? And that's who you're selling to. And then we do a lot of testing at WinBig. That's the fourth step before we launch is really testing and making sure that everything we've done up until that point, we test it thoroughly, make sure that the ROI is there, make sure that we've tried a couple different variations utilizing AI technology to make sure that the font's right, the colors are right, so that when we do launch that campaign, it's the best campaign that you've ever launched. That was a lot, but that's the differentiator, right? That's our foolproof system and we don't skip steps. So if someone comes to us and says, hey, can you just launch a bunch of ads for me tomorrow and just do this thing? We'll turn them down because that's not how we do business. Yeah, I'm curious about what mistakes you see, or I don't know if it would be like a bottleneck per se, but I I find that there are these low-hanging fruits or these things that that, uh, happen in a lot of businesses where if you just kind of, if you just unlock this or if you just fix this, that's a big whatever the saying is, the big hinge that swings the door. I don't know. But it's that small lever that really makes a big difference. Can you think of anything like that that you've seen that has really, you guys came in and it seemed small to you guys, but ended up resulting in something you know big for the client? Yeah, it's about how you look at the, the data sometimes, Hector, in our opinion. So we aren't the only data provider out there, I'll say. I think we're the only agency that uses data the way we do. But we run into a lot of clients that have some sort of data or understanding of their customer. It's about how you read between the lines, right? So a good example would be we engaged with a, a national insurance company and they highly indexed in dog ownership. And the thing there was that they knew that. They said, yeah, that makes sense. We've seen that before. We said, hey, take that information and put that into your branding. Put that into your creative. And at first they were like, well, that seems kind of you know cheesy. I don't know. And that next campaign that they ran 2X'd the return that they normally get, right? So I think that's the immediate that we see is, again, making sure that you're creative, you're branding. Website's huge, honestly, as well, Hector. I mean, uh, you wouldn't believe how many times we see uh, a really well-built-out organization spending good money per month pushing leads to a website that really needs help, right? And so I think that's a good fix that you can do as a business owner is to take a look at your SEO. Make sure your website's healthy before you start spending gobs of money pushing leads to it, right? Just a couple things there. Yeah. Are there things that, especially with data, it's... I would imagine it's like you guys are on one end of the of this one side, quote unquote, the proverbial table saying, this is, <laughs> it's right here in black and white and zeros and ones. It's like, what? But I would imagine that you have a lot of clients who are still held up. Do you find that there's something holding businesses up against the data more than others? Or like, how have you helped someone to embrace data in a world where they might be otherwise have always done it a certain way or that doesn't feel right? Yeah, my favorite word is feel. No, great question, Hector. I, I think for me, the way I break through is usually bottom line conversations. When it comes down to it, a lot of business owners, that matters. Obviously, nobody's in business to lose a bunch of money and close their doors in five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. 
So uh, that's how I approach that conversation if things are getting really tense. Uh, my team does a really good job of presenting this data in a way that's um, fair, actionable, totally non-biased. And we really kind of walk through the, we call it the money ball approach. We kind of reverse engineer how that's going to help them get more leads, grow their business. So there's not typically a ton of pushback, but I've had it. And usually it's a matter of, we talk about ego sometimes, just me and them. And I say, hey, look, I'm seeing ego, right? I'm seeing that you started this thing. This is your baby. I get it, by the way. I've been a business owner and I understand, but you're the one blocking your success right now. You're the one in your own way. And usually if it's one-on-one, just me and them, that's how we get through it. It's kind of, I call it committed versus interested, right? You're interested in getting better, but are you actually committed to making the changes to then grow your business? And I haven't had one person after having that conversation say, yeah, no, I think I'm going to continue to lose money and see you guys later. So that typically works, but <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine that is a, a great translation from the fitness space as well, because you, you probably run into a lot of people who are more interested than committed or maybe not more, but, but that is a, a prevalent thing. Sure. So I love the implementing the the dog into kind of the branding, right? When you take the data and then now you you utilize that data in what maybe is a not so creative way, right? It's kind of just yeah. like a, a duck kind of way. Are there any other examples or any other things when you think about here's some interesting or cool or maybe even not so obvious ways that you were able to implement that data? Yeah, I mean, a, a good one that hits me right away and it, it's not always about like how can we pour ad dollars into something. And that's something that, again, I think the industry has failed business owners on is that it's always about how can I get another buck to then pass through my revenue stream and make some money. But we've seen just ad efficiencies, right? Where we're, instead of asking people to spend more money, we're taking what they are spending and making that just far more efficient. They're growing 15, 20% in lead generation, for example from doing the same thing they've been doing, or I should say spending the same money they've been doing. But a very specific example, even in a partnership space, right, is that we saw in a data report for a sports and entertainment company that almost all of their, I would say 80% of their customer base in this specific index was frequenting spas and or massage services. And I said, look, if you guys don't have partnerships with those types of businesses in your area, it was Las Vegas, I can say that. And so if you don't have partnerships with these casinos and billboards up with them, and you're not partnering with these types of services, you're missing out on revenue, right? Because we know your customer also likes that. And so that didn't cost them, it may be in some dollars and billboards and stuff like that, right? But that's not me asking for ad dollars. That's just saying, hey, this, these two things correlate and it makes sense. So you see that all the time from the data is that there are just partnerships opportunities you wouldn't have thought. Another great one that just hits me is we did some work with a Speedway, um, Speedway Motorsports, and they obviously run races. And the, the cool thing that we saw on there is that depending on the track, sometimes there's a, hey, I'm going to this track. I'm going to go in this race. Can't wait to meet up with all my buddies and make one of those beer canes that you see on TV. And in fact, what we found is that the customer was actually a family that was trying to get out because COVID was over. They wanted to do something fun as a family, but they wanted it to be outdoors and they wanted it to be clean and safe, right? So if your messaging wasn't to the family and your messaging was to that guy trying to make a beer cane, 
you were missing the boat. And so we were able to help them with multiple different campaigns because marketing isn't, it's not linear. It's not the same across the entire country. And that's the other thing we see a lot is that different geographies, different states need different marketing campaigns. And you'd be surprised how these large companies just do the same thing across the entire United States. Like nobody's different. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. It's so much more important. And and what I know that because I've done it is you just guess at who who's coming to the racetrack. Well, I I think it's the the young college dude who wants to drink and everyone around the table is like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you're not kind of seeing what's just not apparent to you because the data is not there. So there was one more step. So it was like data and then strategy. And then I feel like there was one other piece to the undefeated marketing system. Mm -hmm. What was the third? What was that other section? Yeah, so it's data strategy. Then you get into your creative branding. So that's when we merge the, what we find in the data with the creative messaging, the branding. We'll take a look at the website, make sure everything's flowing and speaking the same message, essentially. Step four after that, so that's three. Step four is the testing phase. So we're never, even after all that research, we're not gonna run out there and ask for your whole wallet and just basically start spending money. We're going to do some A-B testing to make sure that everything we've done up until this point is correct. And we're getting the best ROI for your dollar. And then that's when step five kicks in and we do a full launch. So we kind of start with a, a very small amount of money to test things out. Small amount of money differs depending on the business, of course, but smaller campaigns than you would normally run. And then we scale it up. Are there any examples or things that you example uh, things that you can think about that insights that came in the design or the testing phase? Because I'd imagine that you put so much research into the, the first couple of stages that you would hope that your bet's going to be right from the get. But yeah. I, I would imagine that's not always the case. Are there times where you learn things that, I don't want to say that late in the stage, but where you were able to kind of figure things out on those later processes? Yeah, for sure. Uh, A lot of what we see is very nitty gritty stuff. And that's why we do the testing, because if we can get an extra two, three, four percent, when you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, that stuff matters. One that hits me is just background colors and fonts, right? And so at that point, we know what the messaging is. We know who we're trying to reach. We understand what messaging needs to be there. For example, like what types of people need to be in the ad to resonate with the audience, right? So we understand that. But what we're trying to do then is then test multiple different variations of the same ad, just in different fonts, different colors to see what pops more to people, what gets them to click through at a higher rate. And so we've done that with tons of the home services companies we work with just to figure out. One time we figured out that that we had this great ad and nobody could figure out why people weren't clicking through on it, but they were clicking through on our other version. And the only difference was one had a little bit of purple in it, one didn't. And it's just that they couldn't read, they couldn't read the messaging properly, right? Like we could in our state, but we were advertising to an older population. It was 65 plus. And we asked for some feedback because we were, we always want to know why something doesn't work. We went with the other option that did work better, right? But we still wanted to kind of dissect that. And it was all based on the ability to read the ad properly, right? So stuff like that, that level of detail and attention to detail, I guess I should say, is what help, right, helps differentiate us because you're not going to get that with other ad agencies. They're running and gunning. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. And looking forward to kind of this new landscape, 
what's interesting is there are a, a lot of things happening, right? And you can take this a variety of ways. There's the the AI thing happening. There's the I don't know the recession kind of there's there's like all these moving pieces, right? But when you look at where where you guys are and how you guys are are helping. And, and I would imagine that you're not just going to like hang it up because things are getting tough out there. What are you guys thinking about? How are you, how are you prepping, if you will, or how are you kind of hardening your sit? Like, like, what are you guys doing in, in preparation for kind of this changing landscape that we're going through? Yeah, I, I think a couple things come to mind. And one is embracing change. It's something that I believe in from a leadership perspective anyways, is that again, if you're a collaborative leader and you're asking your team the right questions, you, you better be ready for change, right? Because you're going to get some great ideas. And if just because they didn't come out of your mouth, you don't run with them, you're in trouble. So we're really ready to embrace change. I think the AI, I'm torn there. I, I see it as kind of a buzzword lately because we any good agency's been utilizing AI technologies for at least the last three or four years, right? So it's not necessarily new, but it is changing. And we have to keep up with that change. But this whole uh, notion of it's going to replace everybody and it's going to replace all the copywriters and the creative team. I frankly, I'm not behind that. I've seen great add-ons and additions from the AI, but it still can't do what a human does at the end of the day. I think you've seen that in the legal space lately where the law firms are trying to use it to do whole cases. But anyways, and then on the other side of it, how do we position our business is we're really committed to home services. We're really committed to that industry and supporting them. And I think the nice thing about that industry is that there is, I hate to use the word recession proof because nothing's exactly recession proof, but you need your plumber, you need your HVAC, you need your pest control. I'm the type of guy, if I see a spider bigger than my thumb, I'm running. And so that is a service, I think, that we know is going to be around. And we positioned ourselves to support them and help them kind of get through what is or isn't a recession was kind of up for debate. But there are certainly changes. We track data nationwide, not specific to any client we have, but we just track data at any point in time nationwide. And we're seeing changes. We're seeing um, customers shifting, brand loyalties being abandoned almost in certain areas. And people are they're looking at their pocketbook. It's not because they're going to stop spending money, but are they going to spend it with you is the question. So that's why you need to know your customer, need to understand what they value so you can hit on those points. Um, Because if you take them for granted, they're walking right now. Great stuff here, Brandon. If people want to get more connected with you or win big, where's the best place to go? Yeah, uh, I would go to winbigmedia.com forward slash C-I-R. That's our customer insights report offering. And that's going to get you a meeting with me and the team. We're going to talk to you about what you're doing now, um, how our data can help you. And through our podcast and through your podcast, I should say, Hector, we'll be offering a special rate for anyone that comes through that. So they just need to put that they heard about us through you. Cool. Yeah. This was great, Brandon. I appreciate you and our conversations as always. I want to thank all of you for sticking with us and being part of the tribe. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, we would appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who is scaling their business, thinking about starting one, please send them this episode and then go download that report and get connected with Brandon's team and uh, let's see if uh, they might be able to have somebody make you one of these uh, success stories. So thanks as always for being part of the tribe. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.